Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it, for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, Taylor at Vaco, V-A-C-O.com is how to get in touch with me, old fashioned email, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. Colby, let's give the people what they want. Who are you? Let's do it. What do you do? And we'll go from there. Sure. So I'm Colby Fayok, as you've mentioned. I'm a senior developer experience engineer at Cloudinary, which is a media management platform, media management and delivery. Um, So Day-to-day, I've been doing things like creating content, whether that's writing articles or creating videos for YouTube, or I'll be heads down in code all day. So it's a mix of those things, trying to help uh, provide developers an easier way to learn awesome tools on the web. I love it. And speaking in Brazil, which I love it. And then and then, uh, what's the yes. conference in Brazil you're speaking at again? I'll be speaking at CityJS. It's in Sao Paulo, Brazil uh, at it. the end of the month. Yeah. I love that. Do you speak any Portuguese? Uh, very little, very little. I'm, I'm trying. I, I always try, but it's so difficult. But um, I love it. You know, I, I try. That's awesome. Um, uh, Kylie, what's going on? It's great to see you this morning. And then Trey, it's always great to see you, sir. So, Colby, I want to dive in, man. And, and I would say let's just let, let's get to the first thing, which I think is is, is a topic that you and I are both passionate about is content. Um, and then DevRel, right? DevRel, Dev Advocate, Dev Avocado, whatever you want to say, right? So, First off, let's talk about the importance of content right now. And let's talk about as a job seeker, but then also as maybe a a corporation and why you maybe need to consider DevRel moving forward. Sure. Um, should I just go into it or yeah, just, go into it. just, just okay. give me all the yeah. thoughts and then and then if sure, we get sidetracked, sure, sure. I'll I'll bring it back. Sounds good. So yeah, I we can break it down kind of in two perspectives is if you're looking for a job and just writing or, you know, developing content personally. So um, from a job perspective, I mean, you're giving more uh, material to show your prospective employers as to what you know. And that might be simply just writing something down that you just discovered, that you figured out that day. And that's going to be something that your employer can go through and say, oh, hey, I can see that they're actively learning. That's awesome. I want somebody who's trying to actively learn on my team. You know, looking at it from a different perspective, you know, from a just a self-improvement, you know, it's, by writing it down or creating videos or whatever you're doing, by creating that content, you're also helping reinforce your learning. So by writing that down, you're kind of making your mind go that extra mile to kind of make sure that you understand that concept. And on top of that, if you ever forget about it or want to loop back, you can see all your writing and yeah. just look at your content to see, to get a refresher, right? So yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of great things to uh, that come out of kind of creating content, writing, uh, blogging, you know, whatever it is. And but I feel like people too. I I feel like people in their heads make things more than what they need to be, right? So for example, like networking, right? And that's why I've been so big on this show about learning how to network, how to network virtually, which is kind of just liking and commenting on people's stuff. I mean, that's kind of what networking is now in this digital age is just engaging on social. Mm-hmm. 
what what break it down for me content like what is it i mean i, I have my thoughts but i want to hear from you like what's bare bones like someone's watched this like great yeah. we're talking about content again what is it yeah i mean that's a great question content can really be anything um and i think it also kind of depends on what uh what kind of content? So I, I specialize in educational content. So you can really think of anything that's going to help somebody learn something. Content can simply be a tweet. It can be a, you know, just writing something down for somebody to see on social networks. But, you know, then there, you talk about the more substantive, uh, the like bigger pieces of content, which might be an article um, that mm -hmm. could come from a tweet. Maybe you spurred an idea or maybe you did a Twitter thread uh, that you're converting into a blog post after you kind of fleshed out your ideas. But it's really right. anything, any piece of, um, I, I want to use the word content again, but it's something that you can share and like give others information. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think too, and so so then let's so let's talk briefly about the role of DevRel, right? So so I've had a few DevRel folks on here on the show. Um, Ali Spittle being one of one of them, the goat. Oh, fantastic! When it, when it, when it comes to content, uh, I've also had Demetrius Clark um, on the Another show fantastic. as well. He's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I and my misconception with DevRel was I thought y'all didn't code. And I brought that up to Allie uh, and Allie was like, no, 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 no. She goes, I probably code more now than I ever have. So can you talk about what DevRel is in, in your eyes? Because I don't think there's a wrong answer. But then sure. why companies, why should companies consider this position moving forward? Sure. So I'm going to give you kind of two perspectives, like, because I have my personal thoughts on it. But also, it really depends on the company because different companies have different needs. And maybe sure. they also have a developer relations team where they see different people doing different things depending on their strengths. So maybe somebody might be doing full-time code. Maybe somebody might be doing full-time content. So to start off, it is very team-based. That said, I really am on the page of having somebody that can do kind of all the things in one way or another. Um, of course, everybody has their strengths as to what they're kind, what they can kind of excel at. Um, but being able to express your thoughts on things like articles, like blogging, or um, being able to create maybe even simple demos, just something right. that can show conceptually how it's working in the code, being able to do all those things as a mixture really helps to provide that educational means of helping people learn the tools. And honestly, having that coding experience also helps because you can kind of empathize with people for what they're going through when they're trying to learn something. So it's really kind of giving you that, um, you know, actual real perspective when you're trying to help people learn. And, and, and why do you think there's been such a boom lately? Right. Cause I mean, I feel like, I, you know, I feel like I didn't start hearing about DevRel roles up until maybe a few years ago. Now, I think I saw a Twitter thread yesterday where there's actually it, people, it's hard to find people like this. I mean, can you talk about what's led to maybe the explosion of, of, of DevRel? Sure. Um, I, I feel like it exploded a little bit along the lines of the pandemic. I don't know if there was a direct correlation hey, to like being I, able to okay, the same way too. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Uh, like it might've just been a coincidence, like, because maybe it's a little bit about how you can kind of more often than not, you'll see DevRels kind of be able to work wherever they want, as opposed to some software engineer roles, like you're, you really need to be at the office. So maybe that sure. correlates a little bit. Um, but generally speaking, it, it is kind of an attractive position, right? Because I think one of the mindsets that people have, which might not always be true, is that you can kind of just do it every one. And 
it is true that I have a lot of flexibility for what I do, but I have a lot of focus for what I'm doing. And um, of course, what I'm doing needs to ultimately hit those goals of helping people learn. And whether that's with Cloudinary, the uh, product that I work for, or just generally helping people learn how to do cool things with the web, you know, that's ultimately the goal, right? So it's not like I'm just kind of going out there doing anything, anything right. that I want every single day. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I think... I think the power of content and 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 the explosion of it was 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 really kind of fueled by COVID because it, it really forced us into a virtual world, right? I I think, you know, I, I talk to people all the time about you know people are like well on site off site. I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, like tubes out of toothpaste, like we're going to be mainly remote from here on out. Uh, I you know I think there's companies forcing the issues and that's fine, that's their prerogative. I understand that. But I think companies realize that they need another mode of marketing than just maybe like swag for conferences or for maybe, sure. uh, you know, YouTube pre-roll banner ads. Right. Like 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 I think there's been a new uh, a need for that. And I think that came out of COVID as well. So I agree with you. Um, a few more people yeah. have tuned in. Um, Dominic, it's great to see you, Victor. Giving the love for Colby this morning. I love it. Thank you. Uh, Cy, what's going on? And Erica, it's always great to see you, girl. Um, so I want to move to the next thing, too, and, uh, and and about just kind of just tips for the job seekers, right? Because I want to hit, you know, talk talk about job seekers real fast, and then we'll wrap it up with kind of some culture leadership questions. What what are you seeing right now in the job search, man, when, when it comes to, you know, maybe people who, that are struggling, uh, maybe some some stories that in your network that you've heard, um, maybe just kind of give an overall lay of land of what you're seeing and maybe some advice to, to people right now. Sure. So generally speaking, I've seen a lot of success um, where people kind of make themselves their own developer advocate. And what I mean by that is they go out there and they create content. It doesn't matter if it's something that's going to blow up all over social. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's perfect. It's really just getting your mind um, down on a digital piece of paper, right? Writing down some content. And, you know, it's giving you, more, again, it's giving you more fuel and more uh, material for being able to show those prospective employers. But a lot yeah. of these employers, it's not that they go to the social media and say, I want the top followers. And of course, yeah. some probably do that. But sure. what they're really looking for is they want those people who are eager to, eager to learn. Consider yourself or you know, consider you against all the other candidates. If they have two candidates that are about the same, and one is actively showing that they're learning and really just trying to grind it out, and they're showing all of that, how do they know that the other person isn't like that, right? So they're going to choose the person that's actively showing what they're doing, right. because there's more evidence that they're going to make a successful hire, right? I, I say it all the time. I say it all the time to people. It's like, listen, you you can be and, and I and I hate this, right? Because some people are like, well, I don't want to play the game because it is a little bit of a game, right? I mean, it absolutely is. I, I but, you know, some people like so I um so the, so the guy moved up here to do music with with in Nashville. So I, I, I moved to Nashville to do music and then I ended up in tech recruiting. Go figure. But 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 he and I were hanging out the other night. He's still doing music. He's essentially made it for all intents and purposes. Right. That's what he does full time. And he, uh, and, and he was like, he goes, I'd rather not get famous than get famous by using TikTok. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and, 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 and if you knew him, I mean, this guy hates the frills. He hates, he's very low ego, like just doesn't like playing the game, which is fine. I get it. But also too, 
it just depends what your angle is. And so I, I'm not going to sit here this morning, Colby, I'm knowing you the briefly, the brief, you know, I've known you. I, I, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be this person says you have to do it this way. But if you do do it that sure. way, I think you're going to separate yourself a ton. For sure. It's all about that separation of how you can differentiate, differentiate yourselves from the other candidates. And, you know, I think there's different levels of playing the game, right? Sure. Like, I'm, I'm not here saying that everybody needs to go out and become a TikTok star. Like, no. there's there's certainly something there. But what I'm just saying is, you know, just write, have a personal blog. Nobody needs to see it except for when you link it to your employer, right? Like, it's it doesn't need to be popular content. It just needs to be something that's there to help yep. them learn more about you. Absolutely. Uh, question comes in from Dominic this morning. Um, question to our speaker. How much does consistency play into getting your content noticed? I obviously have my thoughts here. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I think it also depends on your goals, right? Like being consistent really helps for building an audience, in my opinion, um, where people are going to be able to see that you're consistently putting something out. They're knowing that you're actively trying to do that from a job seeker perspective. I, I might not have the uh like i don't know for a fact but i would say it probably doesn't matter as much because really they're coming in and looking at you through that time that you are applying right so they're not necessarily saying hey i see that this person is posted every single week they're more so looking at what you wrote and why you wrote it mm -hmm. that kind of thing um so i think it you know it depends on the goals right yeah and, and i totally agree with that and dominic i mean my, my two cents even though this question wasn't targeted at me i'm still going to answer it though um is i think the more consistent you can be the better now i'm not saying you have to have a youtube channel as beautiful as 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 colby's right i mean literally i checked it out that thing is beautiful thumbnails Thank on you. everything like dude's got a pristine youtube profile right i'm not saying you have to do that but what i'm saying is is i think i think once a day Right. Because what I told my dad, um, so my dad is in the restaurant industry. He quit his job at 25 years. He called me and he goes, how do I find a job? Because last time I looked for a job, Taylor, there was no internet. And I was like, oh boy. So, so I, you know what I told him, um, uh, Colby and Dominic, I said, uh, have one conversation a day, just with a stranger, just with somebody, your network can be a stranger, mutual acquaintance, whatever, just one. I would apply that principle to content post once a day, just once LinkedIn once a day. Twitter is its own other animal. We can talk about Twitter in another conversation if we need to. That thing is like a babbling. I so so I consider I consider LinkedIn like a lake when it comes to content, right? So like a lake, lake, like if you put a if you put a raft on the lake, you're gonna move. But you're not gonna move a lot, but you're gonna move. That's how I view content on LinkedIn. You can throw one piece of content on LinkedIn a day, and it's for the most part gonna stay and it's gonna move a little bit. But people are going to see it for the most part. Twitter, Twitter is like a babbling brook, right? That thing, it just keeps going down. So you have to put out a lot of content. So if you're starting to get into the content journey, I would say LinkedIn from the first and foremost, just because it sits there a little bit more. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts too. I, I think that's super valid. That all makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think in, a, in addition to just generally like, because I was thinking it more along the lines of audience building, right? Where like maybe your goal of that consistency is just showing yourself that you can do it, that you can create that habit and yeah. uh, have yourself doing it consistently or just being able to have more content out there might hit a different network and might see somebody else on LinkedIn that will see that and want to bring you on their team because they saw that. Yeah. I, I, I will tell you this for those of y'all who are watching, I've never spoken to an individual who has started a content journey and has regretted it. 
it's always scary getting over that first hook, uh, that first bump, you know, getting all that first piece of content. All of it. Yeah. All of it. If you, if you look at my very first video, I was scared to death. I would love to see it. I would love to oh, see and, it. And I was, I showed all my friends and I'm like, please tell me that I'm not going to become a meme off of this video. And you know, it, it wasn't so bad. Once I got it out there, you know, it's, it's not so bad. So just push yourself to get over that first article or first, whatever you're putting out. Yes, a hundred percent. Um, so so as as we ra uh, not wrap up, but get into like the last part of part of things. Um, so Colby, talk about maybe your your, your experience with 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 some leadership stuff, right? So for me, um, one thing doing this show every morning with um, you know, IT individuals across the country from ICs to senior level leadership. One thing that I've realized is culture in tech is broken. Right. I think for an industry who who talks a ton about, um, you know, acceptance and, and, and diversity and thought um, and, you know, all that jazz, there's a lot of toxicity as well that comes with it. So I, I wanted to first can, can you kind of go over kind of set the stage a little bit, a little bit about just any sort of leadership team lead building that you've done in the past? Sure. So my right now, I'm not in. Uh, necessarily a leadership position, but my previous role, I was a UX lead and a tech lead um, project to project for a small software engineering team. Um, and I really, what I was doing is kind of driving the project for forward, um, working closely with the product managers to make sure that we're, you know, hitting our goals for our client and able to kind of organize the work for the rest of the team. Um, but it's, it's something that I care deeply about uh, because I'm the kind of person that not only is going to try to help multiply the team, because for me, that's really what, what it's about, multiplying the rest of the team. But I'm also going to be down there in the grind and really helping drive the product, project forward as an engineer, because that's it, ultimately what I love to do. Yeah. And, 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 and what would you say, I mean, at least even recently to what, what's some of your suggestions right now, man, just for companies, organizations right now, you know, now, now's the time for you to speak freely and it go on the record of, I don't know, maybe some things you're seeing in organizations that people should be doing. We can talk about remote work. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of open to kind of what you've been seeing and, and we can jam on that. Yeah. I think one of the big things that people really need to consider is uh, good work-life balance. And that's becoming even more critical for people working from home because it can be very easy to go over those hours for the week. And if you're an employer that's going to celebrate that, that's not a good thing because you're ultimately going to burn out your employee. They're going to become unhappy and they're going to leave or they're just going to become unproductive because they're unhappy. You want to keep your employees happy. And that means making sure that they're going to have their own time to enjoy their life. Yeah. What, what, what do you think? I mean, it, it's, it, are there some things you've kind of put in place for maybe yourself or your team to help with work-life balance? Because there are some things that I've been trying to put in place as well for me. Yeah. It's something I've had to kind of overcome over the years. Cause I, I definitely used to uh, be that person that would accidentally overwork. And um, like one of the things, for instance, that I, that I've done is using Slack. I set work hours and on my calendar, I have work hours set anywhere that I possibly can, that I'm going to be receiving uh, communication and those work hours should be respected by your employer. And if not, there needs to be a larger conversation. But for instance, with Slack, I would get anxiety from receiving 
Slack messages at night thinking that I need to answer them. And of course I didn't have to, but seeing that I'm like, I should probably do that. But now they'll see that and maybe I'll see it in the morning because they know it's not important. Um, they're just trying to get their thoughts out there. Or if it is important, you know, they'll, they'll ping me. I think you can hit ignore, which, you know, people don't do unless it's actually important. Yeah. So being able to kind of have those controls in place really helps eliminate those notifications that are just going to give you anxiety and eat into your evenings. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, have you dealt with that with content creation? Because I think I've dealt with a little bit of that too, with the ats, the comments, the mentions, I, 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 have you struggled with that at all? Cause I know I have with like trying to feel like indebted to catch up with every, I mean, like literally I try to comment on everybody who comments on this show, right. To, to let them know, I yeah. want them to be heard. Do you struggle with that as a content creator? Absolutely. And like, I'm not big enough that it's become kind of like completely out of hand, but for instance, like I don't get, uh, for my Twitter notifications on my phone, for instance, like I really only get notifications for DMs. Otherwise, I I completely ignore everything. And I think it's you know in the world where everything is notification based and push notifications, it's I think it's important to make sure you try to limit what's getting pushed into your life. Otherwise, it so can good. overwhelm you, and it's just going to eat all your time. Um, but I you know I try to keep up with things. Um, you know it's it depends on the day, depends on you know if something blows up or not um, yeah. but it it's definitely something that you need to kind of keep track on and, and not let it overwhelm you i love that and, and so i've done the same so i've turned off all notifications all push notifications for all social media the only push notifications i keep in my phone is slack and my email um and then but one thing i've done recently is because the wife and I've had a conversation about it is I've now set my entire phone to do not disturb at 6 PM. Ah, uh, nice. That's so a good basically point. just everything shuts down at 6 PM on my phone. So I, I have to, so, so I'm not getting dings on my watch or anything like that, which just could distract me from conversation. So no, I think it's incredibly important and I'm glad you brought that up. And I think, I think that's something for, especially for organizations moving forward, working more remote, I think respecting office hours. I, I, you know, even for me as a leader, I lead a team of seven and, you know, there are times where like I was messaging like a group and one of the individuals was like, Hey, so-and-so is on vacation. We probably need to like stop messaging on this group. And I was like, Oh shoot, you're right. So I think if you can also get a team to buy into that, to hold you accountable, I think that, I think that's incredible as well. For sure. And like, there's two, like, I have two kind of big thoughts around that. Like the first of all, I kind of mentioned is if it's important enough that they need to message you at night and you're, they're going to get that message to you. They're going to call you. They're going to force that notification through. So there really shouldn't be anything important day to day enough that they have to message you in the evening. Right. So that's right. why snoozing those net notifications should be okay. Setting those work hours. And at the same time, you don't want to, like, you need to really consider your employment as a business deal. Like as much as like I've personally invested myself in every company I've been in and you know, for better or worse, like yeah. you need to also realize that it's a, it's a business, right? Like you, you don't want to burn yourself out and ruin some potentially critical years of your life for a business that sees that as a business relationship. Right. So you yeah. want to make sure that you really pay attention to yourself and avoid, you know, burning out. Absolutely. So I, so the question I've been meaning to ask this question now for a little bit. Um, and I keep forgetting and it pop back into my brain. Now I want to go back to content creation and the job search. 
in my opinion, and you can you can you can agree disagree. It's totally fine. I won't get mad at you. I promise. Um, in my opinion, I think you should stop applying to job postings. Easy applying, and you should be more th- and you should be focused on content creation and networking on social media. And I think you're going to find a job twice as fast. Fully agree. You know, I I'd love to say that, like I love to think that that's not going to. Uh, be the case only because I hate seeing where just because somebody has a million followers, that means that they're automatically uh, a better candidate, right? That, Cause that's not the case. So sure. like, I, I wish there was a better way, but it, that's absolutely true. Like the networking, like that's how I got my job at Cloudinary because I reached out to uh, the, the person who leads DevRel and we started chatting and like, he had no idea who I am, but I, I talked to him about my experience, talked to him about how, you know, I'd fit into the role and all the other job hostings that I submitted, I, they either got ignored or they. Hold on real quick. So you found this job by how again? I, <laughs> I DMs, uh, the person on Twitter. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yep. That's it. Do you do it you works. play a lot on LinkedIn? Do you play a lot on LinkedIn or not? Or is Twitter kind of your baby? Honestly, I don't. Uh, I Twitter's really more where I'm kind of focused on. Um, I don't know. I just I, I I I try to avoid overwhelming myself with the different channels, and Twitter's just kind of been easier for me to manage. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Samantha, it's great to see you this morning. I love your profile pic in that pink background. All right. So Ken comes in. What's up, Ken? A long time ago, I read a story from an engineer that was hired by Fog Creek after working at another tech firm. The thing they noticed immediately was the work stopped at 5, 5.30, and it was not a good look to push yourself and work beyond that time. The company culture established that aspect of work-life balance. I, you know, there are, I have heard comments recently that you can't build culture remotely. This is how you build culture remotely. It's, it's, it's not hard, but it, it's intentionality. And that's, what's hard for a lot of people. Colby, I'm interested in your thoughts because culture remotely, have you worked remotely most of your career or not? Not most of my career, but probably the last, uh, four or five years. Okay. So what, what are your thoughts? And, And we can wrap up on this topic. Just, just maybe some tips and tricks that you've seen with good, healthy remote culture. I mean, that there is a fantastic example, right? And um, I just want to, like, some of the companies that have that, like, might be a little bit privileged to be able to have that, right? But if your work is kind of pushing you outside of those bounds, it it should be a conversation that you should start to have. Like, talk with your company about that as those things are valuable and kind of explain why those are valuable. They'll ultimately get more productive people out of that. But generally for uh, building remote cultures, I think it's very important to still try to connect people because in my opinion, all the successful uh roles that I've been in is being able to connect to my teammates and be able to collaborate with them more because it builds it builds better trust between everybody. So maybe that means whenever you're on a video chat, add the turn on your video. You know, I, I know we all don't want to get out of our jammies to have a chat with somebody, yeah. but it there's so much value in being able to put that face on something and having that conversation with somebody in real time. Um, work, respecting people's work schedule. Um, and that might mean that you might have to pay a little bit more attention to uh, the person's snooze notifications, right? But trying to respect each other is also going to provide that trust. And I think, you know, I said trust twice. I think that's a big part of it, right? It's building trust with your teammates. And ultimately, that culture is going to kind of trickle out as other people start to see how that's really what you're trying to build. 
Yeah, I mean, my thing with with trust is that you're always you start with trust with me, right? Like I like I'm not one of those I'm not one of those guys like you have to earn my trust. No, that's stupid. First off, ain't no one got time for that. And two, like I just don't I just don't work that way. And so for me, like the, your trust is there, and then you just erode it away if you want to, right? I because because I think everyone starts at 100 percent with me. I think that's fair. I. I wouldn't say everybody starts at a hundred. Like I'm going to ultimately give people the benefit of the doubt, sure. but you know, I th there's definitely relationships. Like you build more trust beyond that as you're building the relationships with people. Sure. Um, when you start to be able to know who you can rely on and who you'll unfortunately can't. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, Samantha, absolutely. They go using Canva. I dig it. Yes. It looks fantastic. Um, all right. So Colby, Time flies when we're having fun. We're already hit 30 minutes. So can totally you, any last little bit of nuggets, gems? I mean, I always like to leave like the last minute or two for the guests to kind of maybe riff on something that we didn't cover. Sure. I mean, I think ultimately, like one of the big things we were talking about is really getting yourself out there. And content is a fantastic way to do that because you need to differentiate yourself and show why you're going to be a better candidate. These employers, they have limited amount of information about you. Sometimes Very it's literally nice. just that one page resume, right? So the more fuel and ammunition you have to put into that, uh, that hiring pool is going to just increase the chances that you're going to succeed. I love that. I love that. All right, y'all. Well, thanks again. Colby, stay on real quick as we end so I can say a proper goodbye to you. Um, but y'all, thank you again for hanging out with us. Say go camp with Colby. Oh, Colby, last question for you. What's with the figurines in your profile pic? Can oh, so I used to work at a company called Think Geek years ago, and okay. it's a it was an e-commerce company that did like geeky stuff. So one of those things were those Star Wars plushes, and they used their employees as the models. So I was a model for those plushes, and it was great. I love the pictures, so I just kept it as my I profile. Do it's a fantastic thing. So go connect with Colby. He's got much of Star Wars thingamajiggers he's hugging, which is fantastic. Um, so Colby, thanks again. Thank you, y'all. Listen, uh, connect with each other, right? I, I would connect with every single person on this chat. There have been a lot of people on this chat go connect with them send them a dm tell them it was great to see them this morning and you know what that's how you network right there just a simple hey it was great to see you this morning um also again um render go check it out gc2-0 i'll be there also react miami if anybody's gonna be at react miami in three weeks i'm gonna be there it's just gonna be lit very very excited about that um and then um cool well we got people coming in yolanda thank you again i can't thank love you all right. yeah thank you um victor thanks for going on all right y'all y'all have a great one tomorrow my guest bailed so it's just me tomorrow morning 9 30 a.m central i'll see y'all in the morning we'll talk about i don't know something but it'll be great all right y'all take it easy peace see everybody hey you did it you listened to an entire episode and i am very grateful because you know why there's a lot of podcasts out there there's a lot of episodes and I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the app store. I want this to be discoverable to others. And the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it, please like right now, unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again. If you need to reach out to me, Taylor at Vaco.com or at TDeson on all social media handles. And I hope you have a fantastic day.